Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Men Feel. This is Andy Grant. I am an author, speaker, and energy coach. Um, being in the personal growth field, I often found myself as one of the only or few men at events. And in my work as a coach, um, my clientele has long been predominantly female. In response to that, I felt called to create a, a space, a, a platform, a movement um, focused on creating somewhere for men to express themselves, to redefine masculinity, to, to do whatever is in the moment and right for them. And that is the result. Um, the result that has become this Real Men Feel show. We have a realmenfeel.org website and a Real Men Feel group on Facebook. Um, we are here each week chatting about stuff, various topics, sometimes with guests, sometimes just me and my co-host, Apio. And uh, so on that note, hello, Apio. Hey. And Apio is coming to us from Utah today and all days. Most of the time, yep. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, and this week we are joined by Anthony Simeone. And Anthony is a writer, speaker, and personal development activist. I love that term. Yeah. Um, Anthony's over two decades of experience studying the practical application of literature, philosophy, psychology, and other disciplines. The culmination of his work is the Live the Hero concept, which he offers as a life path for use in overcoming life's daily obstacles. And that's really what we want to talk about today, this notion of living heroically and, and taking that all together and, and what it means. So, so welcome, Anthony. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you, Apio. And, and I'm a huge fan of the show. I've known you guys uh, at, for several years now, at least remotely. You know, we met all through the wonderful Mike Dooley's Infinite Possibilities. So I haven't been able to hang out physically with you guys as much as I've liked to over the years. But thanks to the miracle of the Internet, uh, we get to talk, we get to communicate, I get to see your smiling faces and connect with you beautiful uh, but thanks again I, I really love the show i really really appreciate what you're doing it's so necessary it's so needed you guys are kindred spirits i really admire what you're doing and really glad to be here so thank you thank you a million times over for having this and safe place for men to really get into talk about their emotions their feelings and really engage their lives again cool well, and I'll try to remind myself to ask you at the end of the show if you're thankful for being here as well. But but I'm glad you're excited to start the show. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. So so why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of your own journey and what, what brought you to the Live the Hero concept and kind of your own experiences growing up or as a, as a young man? Well, you know, here I am. I, I'm still in South Jersey, born and raised, you know, in the shadow of Philadelphia, as I like to say, city of brotherly love irony of ironies you know they talk about the reputation of philly being not as lovey-dovey as the name suggests i can kind of attest to that especially when it comes to our sports uh, but you know so i grew up a blue collar family kind of a sensitive kid you know i really believe that i believe in the soul because of my upbringing because i was born into a very blue collar family you know and i was the only one to go to college and finished college in my family. So I had that inclination from a, a very young age to be more cerebral, to be more sensitive. And that's where I kind of ran into some trouble growing up. My dad is right off the boat, as they like to say, from Italy. And he had this very macho kind of traditional manly view of what it meant to be a man. So I have an older brother who fits more of that mold than I did growing up. So I was always kind of the, the disappointment. 
as far as you know chubby you know like to sit around and read books like to think like to contemplate you know didn't go for contact lenses when it was time to get glasses or or contact lenses and you know it was just more into contemplating the world around me rather than going out hanging out with girls you know just chasing girls around drinking partying and just generally being a macho man as my dad would have liked so and is that there was it, that was, it was that kind of the view of your father like you should be womanizing and getting drunk at that what a man meant basically not so much getting drunk but definitely the womanizing my dad was definitely more in that vein and again i don't want to bash my dad that that'll we'll, we can touch on that later but <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> that's that's there we can we can touch on that later you know but it's i think as men especially sensitive men and more cerebral more spiritual men I think we do clash with our fathers if they're that more traditional manly men, if they're in that mold, you know, and I, again, I, it took a lot of years to kind of come to terms and forgive him because I really believe that you know, hating someone or being angry towards someone is real. It really is drinking poison and expecting the person you hate to die. You know, that really is true because I really did cause myself a lot of emotional and physical anguish over the years, just, kind of lashing out back at him. But it really, I did, as a kid, I really delved into literature and I have read tons and tons of books, dozens and dozens of books over the years, everything from fiction to nonfiction. So I really buried myself and channeled my emotions and escaped my humble South Jersey life as it was through journeying through books and through story. And that's what led me to go to Rutgers, eventually Rutgers Camden and get an English degree. And during that time, as I grew up and got about college age, I really started getting into philosophy and psychology and sociology and all these different disciplines started swirling around in my head. And that's when I would encounter, I would start encountering all of these philosophers and mythologists and things like that, specifically Joseph Campbell, which is really the biggest inspiration for me is Joseph Campbell's work, uh, you know, especially growing up. Uh, my mother really took the reins as far as raising us, my siblings and I. I'm one of five children. She really took the reins and, you know, she took me to a Baptist church. So my dad was very lapsed Catholic, but then my mom took me to Baptist church. And it just instantly did not jibe with me that, oh, everyone else but you is going to hell, Anthony. You should be, a, you're okay. You should feel good. And I never felt good with that. So I always was drawn to different religions, different cultures, different philosophies, different belief systems. And that really, I think, was the genesis of what eventually years later, after I got out of college and, and I got into the working world, that really became Live the Hero and spawned my website and all my other writing that I'm working on now. Yeah, I love how you found Joseph Campbell and how he inspired you because there are so many people, many of them mutual friends that, that I know that have gotten into Joseph Campbell and have been really inspired by that hero's journey. You know, the descent, the overcoming, the, the you know, the, the challenges and doubting oneself, doubting one's own journey and then ultimately overcoming everything. And then that cycle starting all over again. It's it's been a huge inspiration for so many people. So I, my, I've always been curious to know how you've actually applied it 
to to what you're doing now and and how you use that to transcend your own challenges growing up in that that South Jersey lifestyle, if you will. Yeah, it was it was a process, you know, and I've and over the years I've just added to Campbell's material and I feel like it echoes everywhere. You know, I've kind of added to what I've read in his material as far as you know, this really kind of echoes the journey of the psychological process, the journey of how we travel through our lives. I mean, every one of us is a story. You know, Shakespeare said all the world's a stage and everyone's players. But actually, I think all the world's a library. And given my love for books, I think that's a good analogy for me. But we're all stories. I mean, if you think about it, talk when you talk about your life, we use a lot of book metaphors, you know, one of my nieces just went to New York. She wants to be a scriptwriter for television and she's in her early twenties. And she said, uh, this is that chapter of my life is over. I'm opening a new chapter of my life. I mean, how often do we say chapter ends, the chapter begins, you know, you talk about the story of your life. So we really are books. I mean, we, and the, one of these wonderful things that about Campbell was, you know, my Baptist upbringing was all about division, dividing between the, the haves and the have not spiritually, you know, the chosen ones and the not chosen ones. But when it came to Campbell, you know, he, he showed you, he showed me that there were connections of all these different faiths and religions and belief systems from around the world that technically didn't have really any connection with each other, at least physically, maybe spiritually. But, you know, that was so fascinating. That there was this hero's journey, this cycle, as you mentioned, Apio, that was echoed across the world beyond border boundaries of borders and cultures and tribes, you know, so as far as the application of it, I mean, if you think about, you know, you take Joseph Campbell's journey, everyone, if you're into video games, usually a, an RPG video game, which I used to play before I realized they were sucking my life away and I wanted to have other extracurricular activities like, you know, write a book eventually someday and all those other things that you can't do when you're absorbed in video games, right? Or, uh, or but, social media or social media or anything of these wonderful little toys we have today. But if you look at the entire story of your life, that's a big, that's the big long main quest of your life is your birth, the journey in between and your death. So that's, you know, the call to adventure is when you're born. The big call to adventure for your life is when you're born. And then you have the adventure and all the trials and tribulations and the ups and downs of your life. That's the adventure. And then the, the big close and the, the closing of the circle when you come back and die, that closes a circle of just this adventure of your life. And depending on your belief system, you know, whatever's beyond and whatever, whatever if you believe there's another life on this world or reincarnation. But along the way of that great arc of the journey of your entire life, there's also side quests. So if you're into, apologies. So if you're into RPGs, like I said, like, uh, computer RPGs, there's all the little side quests you can go on. So anything that you encounter during your daily life in this life, that's a side quest. And that, but that runs through the same cycle. If say someone cuts you off in traffic and you're trying to change that behavior, if you have road rage, like I used to have, and maybe still have a touch of every now and then, but you know, we all, we're all human. But if you have that, you know, the call to adventure right there is this person going to react. You know, so if you started being mindful of yourself and mindful of, I need to change this behavior because I'm either going to kill someone or they're going to kill me based on what you see on the news when it comes to road rage these days, 
you know, the call to adventure is, all right, this guy cut me off. There's another person cut me off in traffic. The adventure you have to choose, the path you choose then is it, do I say, wait a minute, I don't know this person's story. Again, stories. I don't know this person's story. I don't know what happened. Do I take the path? Do I choose to see this as a trial or do I see this as an opportunity for me to grow? And then the end result is the wisdom. So anytime you go on a hero's journey, there's wisdom to be found at the end. That's why you take the journey. Mm-hmm. You go off and one of my favorite examples that people know now is the Hobbit, you know, Bilbo Baggins. You know, he was very reluctant. He was called to adventure. They needed a burglar, all those dwarves to get their treasure back from the dragon smog, right? So they, he was reluctant. They were breaking his dishes. He was hiding from him. And then he went where no other Hobbit ever went. He went on that adventure and he had highs and lows and he came back. And he was changed forever for the better. He was, he became rich uh, emotionally and spiritually and financially. You know, he was the richest hobbit in his land. But so that's the thing. So anything that you, my theory is, and my belief is, anything you encounter during the day is a call to adventure. Any adversity, anything that's, that challenges you, that's your call to adventure. And then how you choose to respond to it, you take conscious, mindful control of your adventure and that path that is opened up for you by that call to adventure. The wisdom is at the end when you say, hey, you know what? I responded to this in a better way than I used to. And I'm better. So, so taking the adventure, answering that call doesn't mean you must become the aggressor and go attack whoever cut you off in traffic. If that's the example, it, it just means exactly right, noticing the challenge and how will you choose to to navigate that? Exactly. And I think that's, this is a good opportunity to kind of talk about the, what a hero is. You know, we talk about heroes and a lot of people just think of, you know, someone running into a burning building and that's it. Maybe I only have that one opportunity. I save someone from a horrible fire and the adrenaline kicks in. I say, and I, I'm a hero now and that's it for the rest of my life. What the difference is, is we're talking about a mythic hero like Campbell described. You know, a mythic hero is not just someone who does one random act of heroic salvation he doesn't just do it once in his life or she doesn't just do it once in their life and then i'm spent that's it a a mythic hero what the reason why these ancient cultures and why we still do it today but we don't acknowledge it as much the reason why we created heroes is because we have something that we want to aspire to it's those tales were meant to teach us what it means to be a good person and a hero is not someone who's ego driven who just does it for the accolades a hero uplifts society a hero is there to uplift the world and society and the people around them and bring wisdom back from darkness that's what a hero really does and that's what we're supposed to be doing so it's you're right it's not just about aggression and pulling out your sword it's you know a lot of times the heroes in again i hate to go back to lord of the rings and the hobbit but you know the a lot of times they would just be sneaking around if you think about the hobbits as unlikely heroes you know, they were small. No one noticed them. And I think that's how a lot of men feel today. Like, you know, no one notices me. I'm not important. I'm hitting a certain age now. What have I done with my life? <laughs> and I think you guys are Gen Xers, right? I mean, you guys are. Yeah. I know. I know. So, I and am. I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you're born between, I guess, those dates are weird. Maybe like 1965 to like 1980. I don't know. But, you know, one of my friends is really into the Gen X generation. You know, he's one of us. And he says, what have we done? What's our great destiny? What's our great thing that, where's our promise? Are we not living up to it? And I think, you know, our generation is kind of hitting 40, 50 now. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is our time to really have our own hero's journey. So it's, there's a lot of, 
you know, people I see, there's lots of men around me. And really the genesis was for me to help myself for live with Live the Hero. You know, I went into the corporate world after college. I kind of just went and got a job like everybody did. So I've been working in the corporate world for almost 20 years now. And as time goes on, you can't ignore that emptiness inside you. You can't ignore mm-hmm. something saying to you, hello, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. You studied all this great literature in college. You studied all this psychology, all these bits and pieces of all these different philosophies and sciences and things. And I would read over the years. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This kind of echoes with Campbell and this echoes with this guy and this guy and this philosophy and this idea. And all these things would occur to me and I wasn't doing anything with it. So there was something in me saying, Anthony, there's a reason why you have all these weird factoids in my life. If you talk to my wife, I'm like to her, a lot of times I'm a font of kind of useless knowledge. And, and I do spout a lot of useless knowledge, you know, like any other guy who's in the movies. I tried to explain to her that guys talk in movie quotes to communicate. And so like, if you meet a new guy, if he spouts the same movie quote, oh, you yeah. know, you're cool with Dude, it. Dude, are, are you I'm sure so we're not twins and we weren't separated at birth? <laughs> we, might be. we might be. You got all, you got all the looks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's how a lot of guys communicate, you know, so I do collect. But I mean, over the years, I was saying to myself, you're right. Like, why am I collecting all? And I'm like an aggregator and a spotter of all this arcane information. And I really said, you know what? I have to do something with it. So I started experimenting on myself and saying, you know, and I was starting to get into the mindfulness stuff. Like right around the time, 2013, I hit, I found IP, Infinite Possibilities. You know, I was really having a spiritual renaissance and I said to myself, okay, there's something here. So I need to start kind of coalescing and trying to make it more digestible. If you guys have ever tried to read Joseph Campbell at all, have you ever tried to read any of his books? They're, they're pretty dense. They're very scholarly, but I think that if you can take it and not dumb it down, Mm -hmm. but if you can take it and say, Hey guys, look, what I do for people is usually just the three big parts of it, the call to adventure the adventure, you know, the adventure in between with all its trials and ups and downs, and then the wisdom at the end, the return from that journey. You know, you go out and you step out of your comfort zone, which I think our society has a big problem with, but we'll get into that maybe a little later. But you step out of your comfort zone, you go and you explore beyond what you know, and that's how you grow and get wisdom. So that's what I re- it really started with me wanting to help myself, and it's still a work in progress. We all are. But then it was, you know, my friends all around me, guys my age or a little younger, a little older, were just like, man, what is this all about? What is life about? What, what's the point? And, and a lot of guys will make a, a, almost like a false adventure, like the weekend warrior, you know, get, almost get into some obsessive hobby or some, too much time in, in video games or something to, to make that sense of adventure. Exactly. You're exactly right. You know, and I spoke at a conference called the Out of the Cave Conference. We called it a manference last year. We're associated with the speakers. It was a manference. Uh, I don't know if we trademarked that yet. Nobody can use that. I, it's, I think that's trademarked. It's copyright. But the, the Out of the Cave manference, but we talked about the man cave. You know, exactly. Andy, like you were saying, you talk about this man cave. You're down here and you got your video games. You got all of the stuff that it's kind of like surrogate adventure instead of going out into the world and we've really demonized the other we have demonized other people if you look at the narrative we've really let speaking of story we've really let the trumps of the world and all these other people who are scapegoating other people we've let those people control the narrative of our country of our society too long so other people are not worth your time anymore that's the message that we get especially as guys, you know, guys are just supposed to see each other as competition. 
you know, we're just supposed to see each other as you're the enemy. I need to take you down. I need to get one up on you somehow, some way. And, you know, that's the narrative that I, it's not serving us. Right. It's, it's harming us. It's really hurting us. And that's what guys are struggling with. I think. Yeah, we, we frequently tend to be hyper competitive. And, you know, yes, women can be really catty and nasty toward each other, but men in our hyper competitiveness, yes, we, we you know, want to take that guy down and we want to, you know, beat our chests and we want to say, yeah, you know, I came out on top. Look at the current election cycle. But at the same time, unlike women, what happens, what I've noticed, what happens with a lot of men is that a lot of men end up respecting their quote unquote enemies in the process of taking them down. But, you know, I, I, the way I've always looked at that competitiveness is something that can be both healthy and detrimental. Right. Like you, I tend to see, see it more as being detrimental, although there are elements of it that can help and that can translate into a more cooperative spirit. Now, cooperative competition is the way I like to term it. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. Anything, I, I'm, I'm a Libra. You know, so any I believe oh, in balance. Me too. So, no, there you see go. again, twins bridge separated at birth. <laughs> uh, any you know anything like competition is good. We need competition. Mm-hmm. We, I believe sure. you know anything in moderation is fine, but I believe that we have this toxic. You know, we've combined it with this narrative of like if you look at the Donald Trumps world, I think he's sort of this weird birth of like this bad mentality like he's we've given rise to this you know i was watching i think i might have found it on one of the ippy pages one of the uh, infinite possibilities facebook pages but there was a video someone posted that was there was a free hugs as infinite possibilities people like to do there was a guy at a trump rally giving out free hugs and he went to give one guy a hug and the guy's like no 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 way man no you know and he's like, and the guy's like, well, come on, man. You know, it's like life's about love. It's about love. You know, the guy trying to give the free hugs. And the guy said, there is no love in this world. And that was devastating to me to hear someone yeah. say that. You know, it was, and it was a guy who was, you know, he was displaying all the typical modern male, the current, you know, male plumage with the hat on backwards and the sunglasses. And he was all dressed to the nines. And he was, I mean, that's what guys are, guys are resort. We have to resort to being the, the alpha male we, you know, and that I hate that like the whole alpha male concept of you know you have to dominate the other men you have to be the biggest man in the room with the biggest you know you know what in the room you know? <laughs> appendage yeah, the, the biggest <laughs> arms right I mean but that right. that is you know we we it's competition is great but I think we have a toxic version of it that's men are poisoned with in our country right. the, the classic sense of adventure doesn't have a winner it has an achievement, and it could be, you know, yes. you could have lots of people with you on your adventure. Right? Yes, and that's the thing. In the deep, you're right. I mean, along the way on the hero's adventure, heroes don't travel alone. Heroes have the, you know, they're Gandalf. Like again, Hobbit time. You know, if you're talking to Anthony, it's Hobbit time. It's, you know, there you, you meet Gandalf. You have all the other dwarves along the way for Bilbo. You have all these helpers along the way. So a hero can't go alone on the journey, and Again, the hero at the end isn't the sole beneficiary of the wisdom, of the knowledge, of the learning from going out and stepping out of the comfort zone. At the end, they bring back whatever the benefit is, whatever wisdom is to the whole society. And, you know, if more men were serving other people besides themselves and were taught that, you know, your purpose in life is to uphold each other, 
rather than just, oh, what can I get for myself? You know, I you think know it's, it's, it's something yeah. like a discussion that we've had before about, you no, know, there's, there's divine selfishness and then there's egotistical selfishness. The divine selfishness is the reluctant hero, if you will, the one going on it, reluctantly going on the journey who ultimately ends up benefiting everybody in the process. And then there's the egotistical selfishness, which is, I don't care who I step on. I want what I want. I don't care how much collateral damage that, that is, gets left in, in the process. It's all about me, 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 and screw you all. You, you, you all are just steps on uh, for me to you know, step on yeah. in order to get to where I want to go. So I see that mentality as, you know, it's, I think that the problem is we, we, we feel like, oh, mythology has become, first of all, we use the word myth to, to mean a lot in our culture. Everyone says the myth, five, five myths about losing weight. It's, it should be five lies. Let's call it lies, but no one wants to use the word lies or something. I don't know, but five <laughs> lies about weight loss. Like, just call it a lie. A myth, we've turned myth into just entertainment. You know, the ancient, the ancient cultures that gave us all the great mythologies, like the Greeks, the Norse, even the mythology of Christianity and all the other Abrahamic religions, you know, they weren't just telling those stories to, to, for fun time, you know. But the way human beings learn the best is if we're simultaneously ed educated and entertained. So that's why all these cultures would always tell stories of, you know, they, they would tell these stories and you would be entertained by the exploits of Hercules and how he did miraculous things, you know, and then, you know, you would also be educated though. And you would tell maybe the same stories over and over, like maybe we do today in our modern mythologies, which are always, we're creating mythologies all the time. Look at comic books, look at superhero movies, look at the movies that based on the fantasy works. I mean, even things, even things that aren't based in fantasy and sci-fi people, we're just, we just create mythologies and stories around our lives and if you have, like, tell me who's one of your personal heroes, Andy. Who's a hero of yours? Wayne Dyer. He's part of your mythology. How about you, Apio? I was actually going to say Mike Dooley and Wayne Dyer both. They're both, to me, you know, people who have transformed my life in many ways. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, those, you know, a, a, a mythological figure for you doesn't need to be Zeus or God of the Abrahamic religions or any other kind of mystic de deific being. It could be someone in your life or it could be people that you read and admire in your books. Maybe you never met them, but they're still part of your personal mythology. So I think that's what I also recommend guys need to do is start developing this per personal mythology. And I think killing two birds with one stone, you also start to appreciate the role other people can play in your life and that you need help from other people on your hero's journey through your own life. Awesome, awesome. I, I want to acknowledge that Simon has joined us. Uh, Simon, was there? do you have a question or anything you want to share? Simon. Welcome, Simon. Yeah, he's actually been with us before, so it's, it's great to have you back, Simon. And this is what we wanted to acknowledge him. Yeah. It's like, oh, darn, he's he gone. Well, thank you for attempting to be here, Simon. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just have a frozen picture of you right now. <laughs> Come on back, Simon, if you want to Clap. It's all good. I'm going to clap for you. Right. <laughs> Give him props. Uh, I'm hitting so, a, And you have, uh, a, you have an acronym for hero, right? Isn't, isn't hero? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, like, uh, I like corny acronyms. I don't know about everybody else. I think acronyms have gotten kind of uh, out of their little passe now. But yeah, I've just been actually, I'm just about to finish up the, the blog post that I just did. Uh, for hero, the final, the O part of the acronym. 
So for me, hero stands for H is for human, which you first and foremost, as a hero, you have to acknowledge that you are human. You have to acknowledge that you have faults that you need to overcome. There's things that maybe you want to overcome that you don't like about your mental health, your physical health. You have to acknowledge that problem. And you have to also acknowledge that you will continue to make mistakes. Even though you become mindful about your life, you are going to make mistakes. And that's okay because actually mistakes are good. Yeah, right. I know. But mistakes are good. Mistakes are part of the adventure. You know, you're supposed to fail. And I think we become so risk averse. I've known so many guys over the years that, you know, they just were paralyzed and just did not change, did not grow in their life because they refused to take risks. They refused to even entertain the possibility of failing because that was weakness. And, you know, you would be totally torn apart and bullied and laughed at if you failed. And there was just this petrification factor, you know, so you're human, you know, you are failing is part of how you receive wisdom. And I think the stripping away of failure and not wanting to fail and being worried about that and not taking risks anymore, whether it's at work or in your relationships, be it with platonic or romantic, you know, you're not taking risks anymore. You're not growing and you're not changing and you're not going to. So be human. That's H. Uh, e is for elastic. <laughs> so be elastic, be flexible, you know, be, be willing to grow and change and be let yourself be open to other things and you get stabbed what's that sorry about oh, that sorry. i actually Whoops. froze up and I, you, actually, you guys froze right. up and i was fine and i'm like oh uh, <laughs> keep rolling with your hero no i'm, I'm like, okay but as far as being elastic you know that's that's the e part so be flexible be willing to take on really being elastic is about taking on new tools. So read a book, you know, something interesting. If you want to start learning and growing, read a book from a philosopher or a scientist or just read something else. Go go to a seminar, go to do the scary thing and go see a psychiatrist for help, you know, do which guys aren't also allowed to do in general in normal society, quote unquote. You know, but be elastic. So you have to pick up new, you know, you have to go out and explore new things. And that leads into R, which is being resourceful. Again, what do you have on hand? What can you take in? What new knowledge can you take in from these sources that you're reaching out to? And the O is for open. So you have to be open to other people. Again, we're getting back into the need that you can't go it alone. No man is an island. Even a blowhard like someone we might know who's on TV and running for president, even he didn't have, and again, not to politicize things, but you know, he, you know, he, people really didn't build, usually you don't build something by yourself. You know, for me, it was, I had a lot of, you know, female positive reinforcement from my mom's side, you know, that kept me going through the battering I was getting from the male side of my mother, father dynamic growing up. So I couldn't have done it without her, you know, so to go through life and to claim that I'm an island, I don't need anybody else. I'm perfect just the way I am. You know, I'm not, not that I'm trying to impersonate anybody. You know, I did it all by myself. Don't need anybody. You're fired. You know, that, that to me is toxic when you're saying, I don't need anybody else. I got it. And you're lying to yourself if you think you've got where you are, where you are now. So that's hero in a nutshell, as far as the, the corny acronym, but I, I, love no, it's it. not even that. Like, I like it. 
Yeah. And we, we've talked about positive psychology. I, I've studied that in the past. And, and one of the cornerstones of that is permission to be human and that to make mistakes and to have the full experience of emotions. And, you know, we're all here to, to do stuff, to have experiences. And you can't have new experiences without being willing to, quote, unquote, fail. So and, and all that being resourceful, being elastic, uh, being resilient, you know, gaining wisdom, it, it, having adventures. Yeah. It, it's really all all there. So I, I think it's great. And elastic is elastic. Really, you know, I elastic really is about the resilience. And I, you know, positive psychology. I have studied that too. You, thanks for bringing reminding me and bringing that back up because I elasticity is really more about the resilience in that. And in, if that's on my blog. It's in the blog post that I wrote, but yeah, it's that resilience and building it up from a positive psychology standpoint, standpoint, using your emotions. And again, this echoes with infinite possibilities. You know, you, your emotions are there to help you guide you into find what's hurting you, what beliefs are limiting you, you know, and they're also there to teach you gratitude and gratitude being, having a gratitude attitude, you know, makes you more resilient. If you're grateful and you wake up in the morning rather than going, Oh my God, I gotta go to work. I gotta do this. It sucks. You know, be have gratitude that you're still alive, that your heart's still beating. Have gratitude for the things in your life, and that makes you more resilient. Makes you more elastic. You know, so that's the elasticity. Yeah, is that and resilience? The, and there's even a scientific basis. You know, neuroplasticity. Like I don't know, but mm-hmm. when, when yeah. I was when yeah. I was like in elementary school, I, we remember being taught that your brain develops at like age five. It's done, and you don't make any more yeah, brain and cells, then, and you're as smart as you're gonna be, <laughs> and that's the end, right? But now, yeah, no, your brain keeps frozen. growing. You do make brain cells and as all sorts of operations and studies and people get injured and the other part of their brain takes on functions. So, you know, we have elasticity yeah. is built into us. But, yeah, but if absolutely. we somehow deny it, if, if our ego won't allow it to happen, then we think we have to be rigid and we can't learn or and can't teach an old dog new tricks or all sorts of, you know, bad cliches that kind of try to try to limit us and deny our expansiveness, our elasticity. Right. Absolutely. You're right. And, you know, from positive psychology to, I don't know if you ever read brain rules, yes. uh, yeah. brain rules uh, talks about, you know, that that's great. You know, that was a neurobiologist, right? I believe wrote that and his name's escaping me right now, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so positive psychology, yeah. <laughs> you know, brain rules, uh, the Charles Duhigg and he, he uh, power of habit, and actually, power of habit, you know, if you look at the way I break down the structure of the hero's journey, you have the three parts. You have sort of the call, the adventure, and then the wisdom or the return with wisdom. You know, Duhigg, if you ever read his book, he talks about, you know, all we're all we're just a bundle of habits, but they're not destiny. We can change them. So you have this cue, you know, say if it's three o'clock at work and I, you know, I need a cookie. That's the cue. I'm like, oh, man, I need a cookie right now. You know, and I'm trying to lay off the cookies. You know, the routine is get up, go to the kitchen, grab a cookie. And then the reward part of it is I get to eat it and I feel better about myself and I feel so much better now. You know, maybe I don't feel better about myself, but I feel just, you know, the sugar rush and just the, the taste of the chocolate or whatever. But what Duhigg says is you can tinker with the routine in the middle between the cue and the reward is the routine. And we can tinker with that. So instead of going to the kitchen, I can go, I'm going to go talk to my coworker over here for a few minutes. And you're going to get that feeling of really what you're looking for is you're looking for a, a release, a break from all that work you've done all day. You really don't want the cookie. You really don't need that. You just need a break. So you got that break rather than eating a cookie. You got to talk to someone. So you spared yourself the calories, you know? So 
again, the echo in the hero's journey is, you know, you have that call to adventure and then in between you get to choose how you react, which path you take on that adventure. Something happens to you that's in your life that maybe it's traumatic, maybe it's something, maybe it's even just like getting cut off in traffic, like my example earlier. What's your choice? What path do you take? You know, what's the road that you want to take? Do you take the one where everyone else is going, it seems like, and having road rage? Are you taking the other path where it's, you know, you're being mindful and you're trying to change this behavior? So you tinker with that adventure in the middle, that, that, the, what you usually do, that routine. And then at the end, you're going to come out wiser, better, and feel better about yourself. Sarah has a question for you. She's asking, what types of changes toward this growth in men have you seen in the time that you've worked in this particular field? Uh, much changed at all. What are some aspects of how men are responding to you and your work? Good question. So far, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't, I haven't reached as many people as I'd like to with my message, but, you know, trying to solve that problem with going on shows like Real Men Feel and other, you know, other shows. So I'm trying to spread the word uh, among my own friends and the few people I've met over, over the past couple of years that I've kind of de been developing my concept with Live the Hero. Yeah, you know, and trying to incorporate everything. I have. There's been a few men that I've that have told me that I've spurred them to take on challenges that they were avoiding. You know that one of my friends was, you know, thinking about changing careers and didn't know it's going to be a long, hard struggle going back to school. You know, not just the payments, but also just the homework and the testing. You know, he wants to go back to school, and then you know he kind of flipped things around. I had a conversation with him based on kind of what I've been pulling together with Live the Hero and you know, urging him to read my blog, which he hasn't been doing as much as he promised he would. You, you know who you are. No, but seriously, though, no, but, you know, in talking and sitting down with him, I, Sarah, I have seen changes in some men, but I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of resistance though, too. I, I, I think that getting back to what I kind of touched on earlier about certainty, I think our culture is over obsessed with certainty and it's okay. You know, we, I, we have in us what I call the ape and the angel. Or the animal and the angel. You know, the, the animal in us wants to protect us. It wants to keep us alive. It has all those wonderful, you know, defense mechanisms and automatic nervous system things that keep us alive. That today, you know, we're not being stalked by saber-toothed tigers anymore. So maybe some of those defense mechanisms are a little redundant in our more protected society. You know, we don't, we don't have those dangers like we used to have, but the ape still needs to be fed, you know. So there's that ape side of us that's still necessary because you know we still need that fight or flight but then the angel is our more rational self and the ape though the ape wants that certainty the ape wants as much certainty as possible even though certainty keeps you in your house it keeps you in your cave it keeps you locked on to you know cnn constantly negative news where it's like oh my god what's going to kill you who you know who should you avoid what are the bad people outside of my house doing now you know that's we're getting constantly bombarded. And not that I'm tr one of those people that's just blaming the media or anything, but I mean, that's, you know, if you think about it, many, many years ago, the caveman would sit and watch out through the, through the front of the cave, the cave opening, and they'd be watching for all the dangers out there. So what's the difference between the caveman who was staring out, watching for the saber-toothed tigers, and us watching our cell phones or our computers or our TVs or listening to the radio and, you know, we get mostly negative news from all of these sources. And it's not just TV anymore. Like when we were kids, it was just television. Now you can get bad news right in this little device in your pocket all the time. Like what? Zika virus getting closer. You know, it's, and that, so our ape is being activated all the time. 
the ape is being alerted and it like it's, it squeezes the banana and the banana shoots out of its hand like oh my danger so i feel like when your fight or flight and this is again getting back to neuroscience when your fight or flight functions are activated the angel part of you your higher cognitive functions whether you're an atheist or not you can call it your your higher cognitive functions or whatever your brain your synapses they can't work because your brain shuts those functions down to survive when your fight or flight mm-hmm. is active that's why kids in that's why kids in the inner city they basically have PTSD. I mean, you know, kids who live in difficult environments or abusive environments or, you know, it, when they are constantly worried about dying and their ape and their, their, is being constantly activated, their fight or flight is always on. No wonder they can't. The ape is at an all you can eat buffet and it can't stop. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, we are gorging ourselves on bad news. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads is, is, is the adage of the news industry. Exactly. And, because of all of this bombardment, overstimulation of negativity, we are seeking more and more certainty all the time. And certainty is a trap. I, I honestly believe that we have sacrificed and done a lot just for the sake of certainty. We've given, for instance, power to very bad people in a lot of our societies over the centuries. This triggers more fight or flight. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Because they say... I'm going to, I have all the answers. We're going to build a big, beautiful wall and all this other stuff, you know, all whenever. And, oh, uh, there you're there. That person over there, that's why you have problems there. It's their fault. You know, that's another type of certainty. A wall is certainty. All these barriers are supposed certainty. So I think that we sacrifice a lot of our, we sacrifice a lot, way too much, too often, you know, we give up our freedom of choice, our free will, and our openness to other people and to the world around us for the sake of certainty. You know, and it's, I think it, especially for men, it injures us. We've been going for over 40 minutes. I just want to point that oh, out and, okay. and give you the, and, and so as we wrap this up, uh, and I want to put you on the spot now, Anthony, and is, okay. you talk about this being practical. What is there well, one break- tip you can share about how to, how to, make living heroically a practical action, something that someone can start doing today or tomorrow to take, to, to change their mindset, to, to see life as the adventure and make new choices or. What can you do right now? I mean, you, you know, don't, you know, first of all, don't be afraid of exploring yourself. Don't be afraid of, I know there's a lot of, even if you're not a spiritual person, even if you're not into the woo woo sort of end of things, you know, don't be afraid of mindfulness. That's a big buzzword now. Everybody's into mindfulness, but listen, it's not just a buzzword. So start paying attention to yourself and you're going to find stuff that you don't maybe like as much, but here's the opportunity. Every day you have a chance to say, you know what, this new rising of the sun, this new dawn is that, like Anthony said, there's a call to adventure. Like every day there's a call to adventure. The first call to adventure every day is getting out of bed. And if you can do that, so start thinking of things. That's what you do. So take that structure the call, the adventure, and here's another corny acronym for you. I'll give you another, besides hero, uh, here's an, I'll, I'll stop calling him corny, okay? I'll stop doing that. But Good. here's another acronym. If you need to say, okay, it's the call to adventure, the, the adventure itself, and then the return or the resolution. So that's car. So remember, drive your car. So you're going to drive that car to your adventure. So follow that call. So start seeing that structure everywhere in your life. Pay attention for that. So if your boss comes to you and yells at you, where's those reports at? You know, you can choose to get just angry and bitter and go home and drink that night. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to choose the other path. I'm going to 
be more self-serving in a positive way and say, you know what? I, you know, he's stressed out. He has his own story. I don't know what's going on his, in his life right now. Maybe he has issues. You know, if you can start try, letting that take over in your mind rather than the ape and start getting that, oh, I'm a guy. You don't put me in my place. I'm going to put you in your place, you know, and, and fall back on that guy programming. If you say, you know what, wait, car, what's the car? What's the, what's the call here? The, call, the cue, the cue, just like Duhigg said, here's the cue. This is the stimuli I'm getting. I can tinker with the adventure in between. Which path am I taking? And then at the end, what's my resolution? What's the return? What, what's the return on my investment of being mindful? You know, what's the resolution that I come out with? And is it going to serve me if I get angry at my boss and go home and drink myself to death one more day? Or do I, is it going to serve me if I see this in a more positive light and take the other path on this adventure? All right. Yeah, so it, as, as often we talk about the show often, it, it goes back to, it starts with awareness. Exactly. So if, if you can be aware of the challenges you're facing and choose to almost like let it challenge your masculinity, right? Am I man enough to take on this challenge and treat it as an adventure? Or am I just going to go get drunk and hope it goes away? Right? <laughs> exactly. And there's a difference between, you know, you strong in life, be strong. I, I advise everyone, you know, be strong, but don't be so strong in, that you're toughened and you become like grizzled leather, you know? So that you close yourself off. Like strong and flexible. Strong yet flexible, like bamboo. Exactly. Like bamboo I was going to use the example of bamboo. For precise exactly. Or like, you know, <clears throat> like one of my favorites, and again, I, don't, I, I know we're trying to wrap up, but one of my other favorite quotes is from Bruce Lee, you know, be like water. You know, water can be strong. Water can, be, can crash and break stone and knock things over and cause damage, but also it flows. When it needs to, it flows. So yes, men can be strong. Stand your ground. Like I know someone just put a comment on the side here. You know, stand my ground. Stand your ground. Be, stand up for yourself. Be a hero. Heroes do that, but not to the detriment of learning and absorbing and being elastic and human and resilient and growing and, and expanding yeah. and opening and being open mm. and expanded. So that's the balance we have to strike. And it's not always easy to walk, but we have to walk it. Yeah. And sure. and it's just open means feeling too, which is really the whole. Point, point of the discussions we have here. Exactly. Yep. Open with yourself. And, and, and we're standing our ground by taking on a lot of the societal crap that gets dumped on us. Yeah. And open heart. Listen, hey, yeah. Open mind, open heart, and open soul. Mm-hmm. So. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much. Well, before Anthony, are you still glad that you joined the show? I, I am. I hope. <laughs> yes, I, I'm very glad. Thank you very much. You, I'm you know, I, I'm sorry if I rambled a little. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I do like to talk. Oh. I, you know, I'm from South Jersey, yeah. Italian. Come on, you guys. No, t- talk shows need <laughs> guests who talk. So. But they, we didn't have more of the hands. Come on. I mean, I we needed more of that. that. Like, oh, not too much hands. So trying to keep that. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I'm like, hey, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, we know. <laughs> cool. So, so thanks again, Anthony, for joining us. Um, people can learn more about you at livethehero.com. Right. And I also want to point out, people can learn more about the, this whole show and the movement behind this at realmenfeel.org. And we have a blog there. And Anthony is one of the regular blog contributors. So you can catch up with some old posts there and, and keep checking out for new ones. Um, next, we'll be back live next Tuesday, 28th. And we're being joined by a guest, a psychic and medium, Laura Emerald, who will be talking about men and forgiveness. And I imagine in there, there's going to be some messages from beyond about men needing to forgive. So that'll be uh, very interesting. That'll be but uh, thanks again, Apio. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, thanks to everyone joining us live today. Lots of comments, lots of activity. Always great to have you here. And uh, 
Have a great night. Thank you guys. See you guys soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Take care.